This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of Investec Asset Management. The value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. In South Africa, Investec Asset Management is an authorised financial services provider. As always, on a Tuesday, we speak to Investec Asset Management. It's the big picture sponsored by Investec Asset Management in Cape Town. And we're speaking to the head of global multi-asset income in London, and that is John Stopford. And John, the trade wars... Yeah, I just keep on popping up on my screen every morning. I know that the um, Tokyo market was at a multi-month low this morning. I think Asian shares as a whole are at a nine-month low. The Americans seem to be shrugging it off, but um, as I said, Asia not doing so. Yes, I mean, clearly there's been a sort of steady escalation of pressure. I mean, I think the assumption that we would make is that this is still an element of of Trump's negotiating style. But clearly, as uh, tariffs get implemented and as you get sort of counter tariffs, you know, the risk to growth builds. So it's definitely a concern. I think it lowers growth expectations. It potentially will impact the profits of some businesses. So I don't think it can be completely brushed off. By itself at the moment, it's unlikely to be something that causes a recession. But in combination with other things, that's also a risk down the line. Yes, and indeed, there's been another unintended consequence, I think, or maybe it was intended, and that was the sharp fall in the Chinese currency over the last three weeks. It has rebounded this morning, or today rather, after two Chinese central bank officials vowed to keep it stable. But um, do you think that was managed by the Chinese because they can't match Mr. Trump tit for tat, dollar for dollar in trade wars? Well, I think there are a few things going on. So I think um, China's economy is slowing anyway. So they had tightened policy uh, some time ago. They've been running a more neutral policy. But I think Chinese growth appears to have lost some momentum. And so they're moving to an easier policy stance at a time when the the U.S. remains the sort of uh, major beacon of growth uh, globally, largely due to the sort of fiscal policy boost. So the U.S. is, is still growing very well. Um, you know, policy in the US is is still being tightened and, and so on. So there's concerns about dollar liquidity. Um, the dollar is relatively strong. I, I think you should probably view the renminbi in that um, context. But yes, I mean, trade is another consideration and, and the Chinese to some extent can manipulate the speed at which their currency moves and potentially the, the direction to an extent. So I, I'm sure there's an element of that, but I think there's more going on than just trade wars. Mm. The move comes as the White House is set to impose tariffs on $34 billion worth of Chinese goods on Friday, Beijing vowing to retaliate in kind. And there's also the China Mobile story. They're blocking China Mobile from entering the telecommunications market on national securities grounds. Uh, Mr. Trump, that is, the United States of America. Is there a danger that trade wars become a different type of war? That's a very big question. I think, um, yes, ultimately, I guess that is a risk, you know, particularly if it leads to you know, worsening economic environment and, and that creates additional tensions. There's clearly, you know, some battle for supremacy going on over the medium term between a, a sort of fading US uh, world dominance and then the rise of China and so on. So I don't think you can rule that out, but I don't think it's an imminent risk. I think the bigger risk is that this thing continues to escalate and, and ultimately is bad news for the global economy and bad news for, for share prices. Having said that, I think you know we are getting to a point where we've been in a sort of choppy negative market now for 
about five months. And so markets have sort of derated. I think quite a lot of bad news is in the price. It might go a bit further. But actually, tactically, I think we're probably getting closer to uh, a buying opportunity. But it's about how you participate in that, I think. Yes, indeed. And we've been focusing, or rather, I've been focusing on China, but there's also India. There's also uh, the Eurozone. And I noticed that the Dutch prime minister sat in the White House and interrupted Mr. Trump when Mr. Trump said, look, these tariffs are going to be positive. He said, no, they're not. And I think that Europe is also uh, starting to get a little bit fed up with Mr. Trump. And that could become quite nasty as well. Yeah, I mean, Trump's obviously playing to his base. He's trying to protect, well, he thinks he's trying to protect the jobs or at least the the votes of American workers. You know, I think the US probably has been a little bit laissez-faire about trade, but it's had benefits in terms of capital inflows from the rest of the world. Uh, It's now changing its tune. And uh, hopefully this will, you know, be a catalyst for some redrawing of trade contracts and and trade, trade agreements but rather than the wholesale breakdown of global trade, which has been a, a huge boost to the, the global global economy. I, I think, you know, as I said, we think it is at the moment uh, a moderate drag on growth and on profits of individual companies um, rather than perhaps a catalyst for you know, a, a significant fall in, in growth, but it definitely needs to be watched. Indeed. You say in the brief piece that you sent me last week, within global multi-asset income, we are rather defensively positioned at the moment, not primarily because of trade wars, but rather more due to the stage of the cycle and US monetary policy, though the trade wars do influence this slightly. So it's more it's more rising interest rates in the States than it is of a little bit of a spat between certain countries. Yeah, we're late in the business cycle. We're late in, in the bull market. I think it's the wrong time to, you know, take particularly heroic positions. I, I think it's better to be moving towards a more defensive stance. Although, as I said, I think tactically there may be buying opportunities. So we're tending to play upside in equities through call options, which we think is still massively mispriced. So the market is still not charging very much to buy insurance against a, a continuing rally in equities, even though that's typically what happens in the latter stages of a bull market. And despite the fact that you know the market can point to you know, tens of different fears, it's not really pricing much of a, a, a sort of higher risk of, of big big equity movement. So, you know, optionality to us looks incredibly cheap. It looks like a good way of not participating in the downside, but participating in the upside if there is any. Yes, indeed. As you say, we like being selective about what we own, using cheap options to capture upside and to tactically manage risk, but still with a moderately positive view on growth-linked markets. If you look back historically, uh, since you've been head of global multi-asset income and investing asset management, is this the most defensive you've been? Uh, yes, yeah. So, I mean, we weren't running global multi-asset income during 2008. I, I would hope we would have been more defensive then. Yes. Um, but certainly we're in the process, I think, of, of positioning the portfolio for probably a bear market and probably a global recession at some point in the next you know, one to three years. Um, it's probably too early to get outright cautious now. There's still decent global growth momentum. Earnings are doing okay. Policy is beginning to be tightened, but it's it's early early stages. There is quite a lot of bad news, I think, pricing. People entered the year in a euphoric frame of mind. Now they're much more cautious. Positioning is more cautious. And that, that actually is a good thing, I think, if you're looking for upside in markets. You don't want everybody to be long and wrong, which they were in, in January. 
We're still quite close to the highs in the United States of America, whichever measure you want to look at, NASDAQ, S&P, uh, Dow Jones, yeah, Industrial but Average. But just um, when will the market start to discount what you've just described? In other words, a potential recession in the next couple of years? Okay, so just, just on the first point, um, yes, the US markets have broadly gone sideways, but earnings have gone up very significantly. So forward PEs have come down pretty noticeably. And, and generally across the world, world, you've seen a correction in valuations, particularly in emerging markets, which have, have clearly taken the brunt of um, this sort of perception that, that dollar liquidity and, and financial conditions are becoming tighter. In terms of when, I mean, historically, typically, equities only finally peak about six months before a recession. So if we still think a recession is, you know, 12 to 24 months away, it's too early to panic. And actually, you know, the final year or six months of a bull market is often one of the most rewarding, particularly now after, you know, protracted period of, of sort of con- correction and, and consolidation in markets. You know, I think it's wrong at this stage to get overly bearish. I think you need to think about the risks. And, and if you can find a way of, you know, skewing the odds in your favor, which we think options do, then that makes perfect sense in this sort of more uncertain latter stage of the bull market. So there can be a spike to new highs is what you're saying because of the stage of the cycle that we're at. And as you said, those last few months can be very rewarding indeed. Yes. Yeah, that would be our, uh, that, that's certainly the historical precedent. John Stopford, thank you very much for your time this evening. That's John Stopford, who's the head of Global Multi-Asset Income and Investec Asset Management in London.